Roll down tide. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, this is the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. Like to hear a little bit more conviction in your take, though. There was a lot of maybes, a lot of what ifs, a lot of questions. You need to just get on here. You need to fire and and put me in a position where I have to tell you that you're wrong. And now, here's your host, Neil McCready. Nice, nice. Welcome to another edition of the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. I'm Neil McCready. I'll be your host today, as per usual. Today on the show, something a little different as we get closer to the month of August. August actually starts on Saturday, so we're here. It's a Friday morning as I tape this, and um, back to school is a huge topic. Not only back to college, but back to high school, back to middle school, back to elementary school. Big topic. It's become a political topic. It has become a um, contentious topic for people, and so... Something I've been keeping up with a lot, as you can imagine. It's the father of three, including one that's going back to college and one that's in high school and one that's finishing middle school. Getting back to school has been a, uh, a big topic of conversation in my house, among my kids, among my kids' friends, as we uh, deal with now the fifth month after uh, the mid-March shutdown of sports and schools and life and everything else from uh, COVID-19. We get to August and kids are anxious to go back. A lot of parents are anxious to send their kids back. And a lot of parents are anxious about the idea of sending their kids back. And so over the course of the last, I don't know, couple months or so, I've been my love-hate relationship with Twitter. Uh, one, of the, one of the people that I've started watching on Twitter is uh, Dr. Mike Stacy. He is the uh, superintendent of the Beachwood School System in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, very near Cincinnati. And uh, I liked his approach. I watched it for a while, just kind of from a distance on Twitter, rational, definitely for his kids, understood the situation. He wasn't writing off COVID as a hoax. He wasn't dismissing people's concern and people's fear. Um, but at the same time, he wasn't being held hostage by it either. He, he, he was, again, very proactive very willing to be vocal. I viewed it as pretty courageous sometimes to be vocal on um, on behalf of the kids that, that he serves, the families that he serves, the kids that he helps oversee a system that is that is designed to, to educate those kids and not only provide education but provide extracurricular opportunities and, and opportunities at growth and, and all of the things that we all take for granted in many ways with our schools. So I reached out to him a couple of times, and uh, fairly recently I asked him if he'd be willing to be on the podcast, and he said he would. And we talked for more than an hour this morning. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy the conversation. I know it's um, kind of different, a radio, you know, a podcast show that's based in Oxford, Mississippi, talking to the superintendent of schools at a school system in, in uh, northern Kentucky, but... Twitter has its has its negatives. It also has its positives. You can find people who are uh, are really, I don't know, provide a, a a unique perspective that I think a lot of people will enjoy hearing. So it's very thoughtful. We talk a lot about kids going back to school, the safety of the school for the kids, safety of school for teachers, for for uh, staff, the importance of of athletics and and other uh, extracurricular activities, band and. Uh, all those kinds of things that, that go along with high school sports. More to high school sports than just the kids that are on the football team. It's the kids that are on the dance team and 
the cheerleaders and the band and the flag team and the the, the, the kids who start a cheering section and, and all of those things that uh, are part of a community that I think we've always taken for granted on, on Friday nights. I know I have, and uh, I don't think we'll take them for granted for a while when we get them back, and hopefully we get them back soon. And Anyway, I think you'll really enjoy the conversation with uh, Dr. Stacy. really nice guy, never met him in person. Hope I get the opportunity to do it. I really enjoyed talking to him, have become a fan of his, and um, – I won't be surprised if you do too after you listen to our interview. And we'll get to that interview in just a minute. First, let me tell you about the Oxford Crystal. It's Highway 6 West in Oxford. Uh, it's open for drive through uh, It's open for delivery as well. Uber Eats, Grubhub, Waiter, DoorDash. That's uh, all there. That's uh, home to the new peach slushy, also to the new banana pudding shake. They've got the fresh cracked egg biscuits, bacon, egg, and cheese, sausage, egg, and cheese, the Scrambler Breakfast Bowls, uh, pick five for five fifty-five, and of course you can also get the new Southern style chicken strips. All of that at the Oxford Crystal Highway Six West in Oxford, right next door to the Oxford Exxon. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, six six two two five seven nineteen hundreds. The number, call it. Ask for uh, Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within fifteen minutes in business hours. Even if you don't live anywhere near Amory, Mississippi, it's worth making the call. Corey's going to give you a quote that's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. Uh, you're going to get that quote. It, at the very least, is going to give you a really good idea of what you should be looking for in a quote elsewhere, whether it's a Ford with a Ford dealership or not. And it just might get you interested in hopping into a Clark Ford. I'm in a Clark Ford. My wife's in a Clark Ford. One of my kids is in a Clark Ford. You'll love being in a Clark Ford, too. Great service, great product. Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they go above and beyond anything I've ever experienced from a car dealer. Corey always says he wants to be your truck guy. He wants to be your car guy. People say, what does that mean? Call the number. You'll start to find out. 662-257-1900. We're also brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's is uh, located 2008 University Avenue in Oxford, right across from Kroger. The absolute freshest cuts in Oxford. Without having to fight the long lines of a grocery store and all that, you can run into LB's. You can know what you want. You can call Greg Jones ahead of time. You can make that call. Tell him, uh, hey, Greg, here's what I want. He'll have it all packaged up. He'll bring it out to you if you need. If you're a little concerned about uh, the virus and all of those things right now, that like some people are, you can do it that way, 662-259-2999. Or you can do what I do, and that's go into uh, LB's. Say, hey, Greg, what do you recommend? What's good today? And whether it's the bone-in ribeyes or the uh, Lane Train fillets, bacon wrap fillets that have been so popular since Ole Miss hired Lane Kiffin, whether it is um, pork, chicken, the uh, house-made sausages, uh, fresh seafood from the Gulf. He's got it all there at LB's. He's got plate lunches, the stuffed jalapenos, the stuffed mushrooms, so much more. It's all fantastic. LB's Meat Market. Get in touch with Greg Jones. You will be so glad that you did. We're also brought to you by Community Mortgage. It's located in Oxford, Memphis, DeSoto County, and Chattanooga. It's more than 30 years old. It's one of the oldest mortgage companies in the Southeast. All of the underwriting and the processing is done in Memphis, so you know you're getting local underwriting that understands your market. It's also the leader in condo financing in the Oxford market, so you want to get in touch with Jason Lowe and ask him about Community Mortgage's float-down option. That allows you to lock in the current rate, 
But if rates go down before you close, it's cool. You can get the lower rate. It's JLO, J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. We're also brought to you by Strategic Partners and Media. It's a full-service advertising agency. Works with businesses of all types, big or small, Fortune 500 companies to startups. SPM can help your advertising needs for TV, radio, print, and every facet of social and digital media. Look, here's why SPM is really good and different than other ad firms. They handle everything in-house. They don't sub their work out. The writing, the production, the editing, it's all done solely by their staff, created and crafted uniquely for their clients. And lastly, it's an Ole Miss grad and a Mississippian that's a partner in the firm. So give them a call. See how great they are. You can get in touch with them at Austin. That's A-U-S-T-I-N at strategicpartnersmedia.com. Mike Stacy and all other guests join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Our Rafters uh, on the Water is open. It's at the Sardis Marina. You can go experience outdoor dining unlike any place in North Mississippi. Shrimp and Mississippi catfish platters, gourmet burgers, Louisiana-style po'boys, and so much more. Wednesdays and Thursdays, 3.30 to 10, Friday through Sunday, 11 to 10. It's basically a big party, picnic-style dining area, signature appetizers, live music, fun cocktails, including their house frozen margarita. Uh, You can get to-go and curbside pickup as well, 662-712-6162. And now uh, to that Rafters Music and Food Hotline and uh, Dr. Mike Stacy. I think you'll enjoy this interview. Thanks. Dr. Mike Stacy, kind enough to uh, give me some of his time this morning. I always do this in COVID times, Mike. It's uh, Friday, July the 31st. It's 9.08 Central Daylight Time in the morning. So uh, in the event that the world changes dramatically in the next few hours and you and I did not talk about it, we weren't ignoring it. And I just I have, I, I have learned a COVID timestamp. So you and I have never met. Uh, we, we've, we've, this is the first conversation we've ever had. I know you probably like, who is this guy? And a lot of people out there listening are like, I don't get it. So I follow, I follow you on Twitter. I, I, I noticed someone had retweeted something you tweeted. And so I went down the rabbit hole of looking at your tweets. You're the superintendent of the Beachwood, uh, school system, school district, um, there in, uh, in, in Kentucky and, I found that I was just intrigued at first, and I was like, I like this guy, and I like, I like his answers. His answers are common sense. His answers are rational. He's not saying that the virus is a hoax, but he's not terrified. He's caring about his kids. He cares about his teachers. He cares about his community. He's able to communicate, and I was just said, I'm going to follow this. I followed you, and I watched you for a while, and, and I, I finally just kind of sent you a compliment one day, like, hey, man, you're doing a hell of a job. Because I appreciate I, it. Because I think we all need to hear that sometimes when we're doing good. Some we, we need to hear, hey, people notice you're doing a great job. And anyway, I just as this subject about back to school becomes so prevalent in our daily conversations for those of us who have children, for those of us who uh, maybe have teachers in our lives or, or whatever, and there's a lot out there, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, both sides of it. I, I just thought, you know what, it might be a really interesting conversation to have. So I guess before we get started, for the listeners who haven't been following you the way I have the last couple of months, if you would, tell the people just a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got to where you are. Yeah, well, that's an interesting story, uh, but uh, from the educational side, um, I started out as a coach and and really, just to be honest with you, got hired as a coach uh, in Central Kentucky. Um, 
my superintendent really kind of pushed me from the get-go to move into administration, and I really never thought that I would ever want to move into administration. But long story short, uh, he and my wife won, and uh, this is... I'm starting my. I just started my 21st year uh, as a as an administrator, and and I've I've had kind of a weird route. I've been a high school administrator, a middle school administrator, an elementary school administrator while I was getting my doctorate, and just about everything but director of special ed and food service and central office. So uh, I've held a lot of different titles, but that has been so great uh, because I've been able to develop a K. Uh, 12 uh, perspective all the way from uh, kindergarten to, to gra- well, preschool through graduation. Um, so I'm currently the superintendent of Beachwood Independent Schools, which is one of the top-rated schools in the state of Kentucky, and we're right on the cusp of the Ohio River. Uh, we look across down the hill at the Bengal Stadium and the Red Stadium uh, just for uh, to kind of put us to a spot in the state of Kentucky. And, and uh, in a in a, in a you know, very close conversation, a short conversation. That, that's kind of been the, uh, this is my sixth year at Beachwood. I love the community. I love my kids. I also am one of the odd superintendents. Uh, I, I still teach a course. Uh, I teach AP, Euro, uh, AP European history every other year. Uh, so that really puts me in uh, close contact uh, with a lot of our kids. Yeah, I noticed that you were a Reds fan. So I figured that you were you were close to Cincinnati. Uh, mm. I, I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan, so we, we just kind of won't go down that path uh, too much. Uh, no, that's good though. That's good. It was, it's, uh, it's one pretty, of the best stadiums in the United States. Yeah, my son and I. I've told this story. My son and I go on a, a kind of a Cubs related trip every year, and we went to Cincinnati a couple of years ago. The Reds swept the Cubs in a four game series, which was the only downer. It's a beautiful park. Cincinnati's a, a cool, beautiful Cincinnati's a cool town, and we found three or four restaurants that we really liked, and we, we really enjoyed it. In fact, pre-COVID, we had booked a trip back to Cincinnati. We were going to go. There was another Thursday through Sunday Cubs-Red series in, mm-hmm. in June that we were going to go to, and we were really excited about it. And, of course, <clears throat> as, as everything else, everything gets canceled in, in 2020, and that did too. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll make our way back to Cincinnati uh, as, as soon as we can. So... This is the fact that you've you've been K through twelve and you've coached and you've taught. It, it gives you a, a, a unique perspective that, frankly, most people can't can't relate to. I know that your school system just recently finalized the at least the initial plans of of uh, going back to school. I think it's fifty fifty percent are going to be in in person. You're going to rotate that kind of thing. Tell me what the last few months have been like. I, I, not not since the not since the shutdown, but as you guys started the process of hey, what are we going to do and how are we going to do this? How hectic has that been? How difficult has the decision making process mm-hmm. been? How much have you heard from, uh, I, I guess, pa- parents and families? <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I can't yeah. even imagine. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. The hardest time for me uh, was uh, uh, the four or five weeks after spring break. And and I'll explain because I, I I've been doing this a while. You 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 can push a button and walk out of school. Uh, so leaving on March the thirteenth was I mean and, and not emotionally easy, but uh, but you know in the other ways you call the staff together. I told them you know that you probably just spent your last day with kids. Uh, and, and, you know, there were some tears, uh, but uh, we, we walked away. Uh, but immediately, you start thinking three steps ahead with a health crisis. 
uh, walking away was easy. The first day you come back onto a campus is going to be extremely hard. And I think those dominoes started hitting me in April uh, when, you know, because uh, there for a while in March, I mean, Lord, uh, you know, a lot of us didn't know what we were dealing with. I mean, are we going to have massive deaths? You know, what what's going to happen from COVID? And I know some places have seen uh, some really uh, difficult numbers. But for the most part in the state of Kentucky and, and across the United States, I mean, we haven't seen the numbers, uh, especially, uh, you know, in the younger uh, and, and uh, you know, even middle-aged uh, Americans. So that, that, that time was really hard for me uh, privately. Now, publicly, you start uh, in June, uh, you know, trying to put together plans, you know, to implement to re-enter. And I mean, to be honest with you, I really held on to a five-day, 100% student return uh, until, uh, you know, we started to see uh, that, uh, that, that parents, um, uh, some of our parents, uh, weren't weren't going to. I mean, again, that first day back is really difficult, and 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 that's hard on a parent because what do you want to do? You want to protect your child, uh, so you're thinking, uh, oh my God, am I sending them back into a spot where they're not going to be protected? Um, and, you know, so that that built up a lot of anxiety. I mean, and, you know, my emails, uh, uh, not only from uh, local uh, parents, uh, but you know, I do have uh, you know. I'm I'm not always Mother Teresa on my on my comments. I don't think I'm rogue, uh, but I do express uh, my feelings. You know, so I get emails from around the state, uh, you know, asking questions. Um, you know, because most people also know I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, decent guy. I guess I mean I have fun. I, I know a lot of people in the state of Kentucky, uh, especially from basketball uh, and working in different different systems. So I do I field a lot of emails outside. So, uh, but that traffic has been. Uh, I, I, not to exaggerate, I would say sometimes uh, somewhere between 30 and 35 per, uh, times more, 30 times more than normal. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting four or five opinions every day building up to the last board meeting. Now, that has, dr that has drifted off since the plan's out, and, and we did put a pretty detailed plan out, but that, that's drifted off. But uh, the, uh, the amount of work that we've done with administrators to get that plan uh, and the amount of information and the amount of opinion coming in from parents has, has been way more than anything I've ever seen in my career. What would you say the split has been, you know, in, in terms of 50-50 or 40-60 with parents wanting, wanting their kids to go back or parents very apprehensive about their kids going back? In my local district, it's been about 90% want to return in some capacity. Uh, they're very vocal about that. But again, uh, super, super intrinsically motivated uh, homes. Um, you know, Fort Mitchell, we always say you pay more for less, and the only reason you do it is for the school system. Uh, you know, it's older construction, and, and people, you know, people really purchase homes here, uh, you know, for the school system. Uh, we're also uh, not in the most, I mean, you know, and unfortunately I hate to even bring this topic up, but it's a reality of the situation. Uh, uh, we're not as blue uh, as, as other parts of, uh, you know, the Cincinnati metro area. Uh, and and uh, unfortunately, uh, politics has played into this to some extent, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Oh, I think it's, uh, so, I think it's obvious that this has become a political mm -hmm. topic. It, 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 it yes. has become a political football, which is the 
to me, it's the ultimate shame of it is that we are we are allowing absolutely we're allowing absolutely. our kids to become the political football. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and you know that happened here about three days after uh, Trump said he wanted kids back in school. Uh, we saw a shift in in, in language, um, and and you know uh, nothing against uh, our governor. I think he's done a really nice job, uh, but but. Uh, yeah, and I think Joe Biden's statement um, yesterday or de- yesterday uh, really kind of just made it obvious that you know uh, now and now it's not only a political topic or even worse. I mean, we've got a health crisis, we've got an economic crisis, and now for the first time in in my career, uh, education is going to be a platform topic for November. So, I am curious about you know the, the science. The overwhelming amount of the science supports that kids are okay in school, that they, even when they get it, they don't give it to adults. They don't really give it to each other. They, they, they're mm-hmm. Usually they're asymptomatic, and if they do have symptoms, the symptoms are mild. And, and, and thank mm-hmm. God, the, the math, the science shows that kids aren't dying from this. Um, Absolutely. Which, which is great, thank God, because I'm like you. When this thing happened in, in March, we were all panicking and, and worrying that, mm-hmm. that millions of, of Americans, including young people, were, were going to die. We didn't know. And, mm-hmm. and all of those mm-hmm. things. Older people are, are dying from, from COVID, with, with COVID, from COVID. And, and obviously a lot of teachers are, are older, and many of them have mm-hmm. underlying health conditions and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So th- those, those concerns, when, when teachers have them, certainly are, are more – identifiable i guess it's easier to it's mm-hmm. easier to, to acknowledge those when you talk to your faculty when you talk to your staff the cafeteria staff people that 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 uh you know sanitation people that keep your schools clean how concerned mm-hmm. how concerned are they about about returning back to work uh, some of them are um uh, but you know i i i've always been better as a leader uh, when I've been really openly honest and and just put topics on the table, and and this is just a topic on the table, if you can remove those emotions, um, you know, uh, teaching became more um, uh, stressful and more dangerous the more school shootings and the more um, uh, school violence that we we've seen over the last, you know, uh, especially well, I mean, Columbine kind of kicked it off, but uh, especially over the last. Uh, five to ten years, and so the the uh, the profession changed um, in in that respect, and and most of those were happening in you know middle class you know suburban uh, areas. Uh, so you know we talked about that as a as a staff and 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 as a community, um, but now we're in a in a separate shift. Uh, the health uh, of uh, you know our, our staff due to a health pandemic. Um, has shifted the profession again. Uh, and if you are in a certain category or you do have certain health risk, then those need to be talked about and addressed. And, and of course, we will help out as a school system if possible. Uh, but at the same time, um, we, we realize that, you know, some of our teachers may retire and, and we will, we will celebrate that. Uh, I mean, celebrate their career and, uh, celebrate that decision and, and completely understand, but to not have the conversation that the, the job has shifted again into a different state, uh, I, I think is, um, is problematic because you don't give people the voice, uh, or the ability to talk through the situation. And the you know the the voices that don't get heard 
much. You hear them. You have three three kids. I think twenty nineteen and sixteen. You and I were talking about this a minute ago. I have a, a nineteen, a seventeen, and a and a soon to be fourteen. Their their, vo- their voices don't get heard much, and then younger than that, their voices don't get heard at all. They're they they're not on Twitter. Yeah. They're not on Twitter. They're yeah. not on Facebook. Yeah. They don't get an, They don't mm-hmm. have a vote. They they don't they don't yeah. they don't get to talk. I assume you get to see some of those young people, you know, over the course of the summer and stuff. Do you do you get an opportunity to hear the young voices as to what they want? Absolutely. I mean, we also put out a student survey through student email. Uh, and and uh, just for kids to respond about reentry, and uh, of course it was through the roof. Uh, but uh, you know this is an interesting point, and and one that I'm really passionate about. You know because bef- pre-COVID, you know all you ever heard in schools was you know student voice, you know student voice, student voice. Uh, you know uh, you even had places putting students on SBDM councils. Uh, and we call that a site-based decision-making council. It's a school council that helps make decisions for the school. You know, you had honorary uh, students um, uh, on, on SPDM councils. We even have uh, boards throughout the state of Kentucky that have a student setting as uh, not a voting member, but a voice member of a board of education. Student sure. voice, student voice, sure. until COVID hit. And then all of a sudden when COVID hit and, and kids didn't have a major response and they want to come back to school, then you hear, well, they're just kids. You know, what do they know? And, and, and you know, for me, that really hurt because I do think our kids uh, are intelligent. They, they analyze. They read. It may be on Reddit instead of, uh, you know, instead of the uh, local newspaper uh, or the nightly news, but they keep up with way more information uh, than we know about. They've analyzed this situation. They know that there's not a problem for their age group, uh, and they know that uh, even if they get it, the symptoms are pretty low. So they see all the things that they're losing, uh, and 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 uh, they want to come back. But for some reason, we've silenced student voice in the midst of COVID. Absolutely, in a way that I tell mine all the time. Um, I don't want, and I don't want to make this about me at all. But I've told mine all the time. My generation, years from now, will owe your generation a massive apology. We we yes. we have we have wronged you. And I, I really believe that, and, 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 you know, it's not me. Mine know that if it were up to me that, that, that a lot of the decisions wouldn't be made, but, but I've told mine repeatedly what's happening, what's happening to you is not right. Well, what, what bothers me uh, is the amount of mental health issues. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I... Again, I, sometimes I can kind of sound uh, more blunt, and I, I'll apologize ahead of time because this is a very sensitive topic that, that I worry about at night. Uh, you know, currently I don't know anyone uh, as a child, and, and again, I'm pretty connected across the I'm pretty connected across the state of Kentucky, uh, uh, but I don't know any child that's died from uh, COVID. I think we only have one in the state. Uh, I think as of today, there's zero in, in California, uh, but I'm aware of three suicides just within my uh, my tighter-knit group of superintendents that I talk to a lot. Uh, you know, so I, I, know, I know I have information from other sources. I know domestic violence uh, calls have gone up to uh, police across the state of Kentucky. I know 
uh, mental health calls. I mean, at one point, our, our uh, state teen suicide hotline uh, had increased by six calls to that had in, increased by 600%. So I, I, I do get aggravated uh, when I hear somebody stand at a podium and say they care about my kids. Uh, my local kids, my, my kids at Beachwood more, more than I do, uh, uh, or they're making decisions to keep kids safe because not all of our kids are safe uh, at home. And, and, and that haunts me when I lay down in, in bed at night. And yours is a district where most of the kids probably do come from pretty stable homes. And so, Absolutely. And so you think, Absolutely. you think about the districts that are represented yeah. uh, around Kentucky and around the rest of the country where, that are full of kids that, that are, are not that fortunate, that don't come from, from stable homes, and, and school represents school represents so much more to those kids than it does to the, you know, the majority of the kids in your district. Absolutely. I, you know, that's my past lives, right? Uh, the kids that I had in Appalachia, I worked in Appalachia. I've worked in an urban setting, uh, in, in Kentucky, uh, where, you know, we, we were the, we were the safe part of a child's day for a large percentage of kids. Uh, and, and, and again, uh, dysfunction isn't only attached to, uh, you know, it, it, it surpasses socioeconomics. Uh, now, there are other problems that don't, uh, but, uh, but to, for, for us as, as educators not to think about. Now, again, we have to recognize the profession has changed. The profession changed in March. Whenever we re-enter, we're going to have to re-enter differently than we left on, on March. But with that being said, as educators, not to uh, hurt, not to feel uh, the, the uh, uh, desperation uh, of, of some of our kids, many of our kids that are in homes that aren't, that aren't the safest place of their, of their normal day, to not recognize that and not to address that vocally, I mean, outwardly, is, is, is just hard for me to get my hands wrapped around. So you talk about the first day back. I think you guys, your first day with kids back is here. It's August the 10th. I think you're a little later mm -hmm. than that. You have some teachers coming back first and doing uh, some things like that. And then, mm -hmm. So you kids is the 19th. 19th. So take mm -hmm. me, take me through what you think that day is going to be like, what preparations, I know you're making a ton of preparations, but yeah, what, sure. are, what are the big things that stick out in your mind about, hey, making August the 19th, August the 20th as smooth as you can? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, I think uh, you're going to have to uh, be able, I mean, we're, we're worried more about getting kids' attention on what school, uh, on the changes that that has that have happened, right? Yeah, because to be honest with you, I don't know about in your community, but in our community, you know, my my youngest is running around playing baseball all over the place. I mean, you know, you don't you don't see a mask. Uh, when I see kids running by the house at night, you know, in groups, I mean, you know, they're not socially distanced and they're not wearing masks. I mean, now uh, you know, uh, just like mine, uh, you know, they they follow. Uh, and, and we go into Kroger or we go into a store, I mean, they're going to put their mask on just like everybody else. Uh, but they've released a lot of that fear and burden uh, in their social activities anytime they're not with their parent in a store. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're, we're really having to bring kids, and we're going to bring kids in 
out of the gate that, uh, that whole week in smaller groups just to have conversations just to talk to them, just to let them talk to us. I mean, you know, they need to they need to be able to express to us, you know, the frustration of having to follow all these rules uh, that that they don't have to follow anywhere else in their life. And and schools are being asked to do so much more than any other business to reopen. And, and so that's going to, uh, uh, you know, kids kids are going to be like, and, and I'll be honest, I've already had kids ask, well, why are we having to do this? And, and you know, part of me wants to say, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I feel you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but part of me, uh, part of me uh, responds and says, hey, you want to come back to school? Oh, yeah, Dr. Stacey, I'll do anything to come back. I'll wear, I'll wear two masks uh, to come back to school. And I'm like, okay, then, we're, we're, we're right there with you. We're going to do whatever it takes yeah. to get you guys back. And then that right there is all you got to tell them. And then they're on board with you. Yeah, they, um, fall, in line. they fall in line quickly. They just want to go back. I mean, tell them, tell them the rules. and yeah. They want yeah. to go back. Yeah, they miss their friends. They miss the structure. The truth is, they, especially the younger teachers, they miss, they miss their teachers. I mean, their younger, their younger kids, they miss their teachers. I mean, those are bonds. Like, you're in the second and third grade. I bet you. Right. I, I bet you remember the names of your first and second and third grade teachers. I mean, you know what I mean. And, and absolutely, yeah, those absolutely. Are, those are those are those. Remember are, all of them. Yeah, of course. Those are bonds you make. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I can't mm-hmm. I can't name every college professor I had, but I can tell you the names of my teachers in the sixth grade. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, those are just those are those are key things. Seared so, in, right? Yeah, seared in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's a great mm-hmm. great word for it. Um, yeah, so we're having a lot of conversation around that uh, really K through 3 uh, and then 10, 11, 12, right? I mean, because both of those groups are in, I mean, foundational years for the next phase. And to not, to not uh, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, most kids, the reading and math percentile, when they leave third grade, will not change when they walk across the graduation stage. Uh, so uh, percentiles uh, for reading and math on normed national benchmarks don't change after third grade. So there's a huge pressure uh, for any kid that's not performing at the level that, that you know, they really need to be successful in life. You've got to get them right there. Now, on the flip side, anymore, you start building, especially if you want scholarship, you start building that scholarship application. In 10th grade, you know, so uh, uh, kids not being on campus, not having contact teach- and with teachers, not being able to prepare, uh, it is going to have an effect, uh, you know, because it's going to impact them uh, with dollars. And, and, and as adults, that's something that we <laughs> resonates with us immediately. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, you can't wait till you're midway through your senior year to start that process. It's, it, you're done. It's way too late. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious, especially with the younger kids, but this is I mean, K through 12. How different is it going to be feeding kids? Well, luckily, uh, we have a couple of other spaces that are really close to the cafeteria uh, that uh, you know that we're going to spread out. We have an, uh, you know, have you ever heard of a cafetorium? You know, it's an old cafeteria with a stage. You know, where they yeah. they had the combo. Uh, you know, we, we actually ha- still have one of those. Uh, so, uh, you know, by using the cafeteria 
and the, the commons and the stage all together, you know, we're going to be able to feed kids outside of the classroom um, because I just couldn't get my head wrapped around how do you feed. I mean, if you've ever worked in elementary lunch, when you get through, uh, you know, there might be as much on the floor uh, as when in the mouths. Yeah. You know, and we all joke, you know, soup and grape days, you know, any, any meal with grapes or strawberries, any meal with soup, uh, any meal with a package that has to be opened, you know, because it may go anywhere. You know, those are amazing days in the cafeteria. Uh, so we couldn't figure out. And for a while, I, I think you even saw uh, maybe a, a, a tweet that I put out, you know, uh, this, this idea of a kid never leaving a room and, and even eating in the room. Uh, number one, uh, I, I don't like to be confined to a chair for 30 minutes. And, and, you know, we're asking kids to stay in one room for the whole day, and we're going to feed them in a room, and they're going to have to, you know, deal with the, the floor for the rest of the day. I, I just couldn't get my head wrapped around it. Um, so we are feeding. Now, the only thing that I hate uh, is lunch, man. That's socialization time. I mean, you're eating, but, you know, they're, they're socializing as much or more uh, than they're eating, and, and they need the socialization as much as what they're eating. Uh, so they're going to be a little bit more distant, uh, uh, distance from each other, but we're still going to try to make that time as, as light as possible. And I think that's the key for us. That's a discussion we've been having. How do you have light in, in a return? Yeah. You know, because we can't stress them out on the return. I mean, they're already going to be doing things that they've never been asked to do before. How do we do that and laugh and, and enjoy our way through it? And, and, and that's a key for us is, you know, there's two ways to do any task. You know, uh, one's positive and one's negative. And, and how do we make this uh, a positive task? And, and those are the ideas that we're coming up with right now, or, or at least trying to. So how do you do it? Well, you know, we're, to, <laughs> to be honest, uh, we're going to take a little step. Now, uh, we have high expectations. I mean, uh, that's part of our family's uh, push for us is academics does drive a lot. Athletics drives a lot. I mean, you know, we, we, we have a level of success. But I also don't think that you have to be in a chair uh, uh, for the whole day to be able to maintain that level of success. I mean, we have some academic downtime uh, even in the room. So what we're telling our crew to just start in that process, uh, uh, stop thinking that the kid has to be in the chair the whole hour. If, if we've got to take walks, if we've got to get out of the building, if we've got to, if we've got to get up and, 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 and throw some music on, uh, uh, you know, what, what can we do uh, to maintain uh, a little bit more of a flexible uh, 15, 15 minutes of every hour? We want to be more relaxed. Yeah. And, and what does that look like? I, I don't know, but I, I'm asking teachers to give me ideas of what that looks like and what can they come up with 15 minutes of every hour down, down, uh, uh, relaxed, uh, you know, enjoying uh, each other, uh, just uh, uh, the, the, the social aspect uh, of, of school. Yeah, reducing the anxiety. It's a great idea. It, it's funny you mentioned that about, about lunches. Because with, with all of mine, and I'm sure with, with most people's kids, you know, we would pack lunches in the morning and, and the kids would come back, when, especially when they were younger, 
they'd come back and you'd open the lunchbox to clean it out and get it ready for the next day, right? And 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 the lunch, absolutely, the whole damn lunch is still in the box. And you're like, "What did you did you not like your food?" And, and what it boiled down to was, "No, I got busy talking. I I, I didn't. I was I was mm-hmm. I was visiting with my friends. I actually kind of forgot to eat. And and so yeah, I mean that that is the social part for for kids at school is just vital i mean that is you can't ask a 12 year old to be 50 it's not possible it's like you you, you can't mm. ask a, you can't ask a dog to be a human i mean you can play with the dog mm. but you can't ask the dog to play human games you have to kind of play at the dog's level and i think it's like that with mm. kids and adults when we can go down to their level asking them to come to an adult level is it's an unrealistic expectation so yeah that's that's a great plan that you have humans need interaction it's the way we're designed I mean, uh, you know, uh, go all the way back to one of my, uh, I really enjoy uh, the Tom Hanks movie, uh, you know, Survive, where, where he, he, he names the, uh, the soccer ball, Wilson, you know, to have a conversation. I mean, a humans, humans need interaction. And, and, and what we don't want to do is we, don't, as a system, we don't want to be responsible for an environment that forces isolation or dictates rules so much that that they're oppressive. <clears throat> I mean, because that could have as long of a term negative effect as losing out on an academic uh, um, milestone. You know, so we can't sit back as as learned adults and say that the these situations that are occurring are do have the impact to to affect development in a negative way from the social emotional side. I want to get, I want to jump around a little bit cause I'm gonna get back to some other things about how, what you'll be watching to go from one. I know you have different phases, different plans, yes. different programs. And I know you're hopeful that at some point it's five days a week, everybody's on site. It's yes. back to quote normal end quote, even though they're, I don't know that we'll ever get back to that normal. You mentioned athletics. Uh, that's all, obviously also a really big topic of conversation. Uh, the SEC made an announcement yesterday. A lot of the, the, the major Power Five conferences have, have made announcements. High schools all over the, the country are, are – I mean, high school programs all over the country are making announcements. Uh, athletics and all the things that go with athletics are awfully important at the high school level for development, for socialization, to, for activities, for sense of belonging, for all of those things. What's the, what, what's the situation right now for you guys athletically? Well, uh, yeah, thanks for asking uh, and switching to that gear because I, I am definitely a, a superintendent that absolutely believes that excellence goes across all levels of a school day. Um, and, and athletics is one of those areas, extracurriculars, uh, that um, are, are uh, fit that category, and they provide another caveat to a child's development uh, that doesn't necessarily just happen in the school day. Uh, so, you know, we, we value athletics. We value extracurriculars. We, we, value, we value the time from 3 p.m. until, you know, 6 or 7 p.m. on campus. That, that is learning as well. It develops discipline and, and many other aspects of the whole child. Uh, so uh, we, we started athletics the first day that we could, and we had some pushback from uh, a smaller group of parents. But we've had athletes. We've had the band. Uh, we've had those kids on campus since June the 15th, and, and we're going to hold on to that as long as we can. Even 
Uh, and this is the crazy thing. We're going to hold on to that even if games get canceled because uh, having that time to burn off that energy is critical for some of our kids. Uh, uh, our kinesthetic learners, they have to move. They have to get some of that energy burned off. Uh, and the aspects of, of learning and, and, and moving forward in a, in a sport uh, can happen uh, even if we lose a game or a season. Meaning – if God forbid a season gets canceled, you'll still practice, or how will you? We will still practice. We will still, uh, and and I hope uh, that we're able to uh, have games because again, we talked about those developmental milestones. Uh, you know, those big moments in time. Uh, you know, for some kids, uh, uh, you know, I still remember high school games. Sure, I, I can and still you, still, and played, uh, tell you. And for, for, for our and list- I played college. Yeah, for, yeah. Our, for our listeners, you yeah. played at Western Kentucky, yeah. so you played at another yeah. level, but. The majority of us, like me, I, I, I played at the high school level. I, I was not, I was not good enough to play at the Western Kentucky level. So, yeah, you're right. I remember my high school games. I, re, I remember those those events absolutely. Oh, I remember high school games uh, way more uh, than college. I mean, you know, way more uh, things that my coach said. You know, uh, I mean, uh, details. Uh, you know, where uh, Coach Chapman. And let Coach Reed in my in my uh, uh, background, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, not as much. I mean, because you weren't to develop as a player, and and you're, you're you're evaluating your own game. But in the high school, just milestones, big moments. I mean, I, uh, playing in the state tournament uh, here in Kentucky at Rupp Arena, I'm in front of twenty four thousand people. Uh, and in high school, uh, as a as a young kid who didn't even you know really play, that that's the biggest moment uh, in my whole athletic you know career. Um, to 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 dismiss that uh, is is not doing justice you know to my history. Uh, to dismiss the anguish of a kid who was so close to a college scholarship in baseball last year but lost their senior season is not i mean they'll always wonder what if and 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 and, and it's okay it's not the worst thing that could happen uh you know they didn't get drafted i mean they're not having to go to vietnam i mean but but to say that oh well they'll get over it without without um uh, any thought in, in my mind, just isn't doing that kid justice or uh, taking into account how big of an issue or how big of a loss that was for a kid. I couldn't agree more. I, you know, it's, it's – uh, I'll go to high school football games. My daughter's on a dance team. And so, you know, I'm, I'm watching the game, but, I, you know, it's different. You know, I'm watching other things too. I always notice there's, sure. there's a kid in the band. I've always said there's a kid on the drum line. There's a kid in the tuba section. As a kid that whatever, you know, he, he or she is not the, the most popular kid at school. Maybe things don't come quite as easy. They're not mm-hmm. as pretty or as handsome or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. But, man, mm-hmm. in that moment, in that moment, they're the best drummer on the field. They're the best tuba player on the field, mm-hmm. and they know it. And there's when you, take, when, you, Absolutely. when you take that stuff away, you know, and then also there's kids that maybe they don't socialize as easily or whatever, but, you know, they get in the band or they get on a, on a flag team or, or whatever the deal, and they find a group there. They mm-hmm. sort of find, find their – they find some peers. They find some, some belonging. All of a sudden, school's a little happier place. Right. I, just, I just think all, all right. that stuff is, is we it, – it's easy to forget that stuff as you get older and get away from it, but those, those, are, those are critical things for, for young people and their development. I, I mean, it, it is their, it is their moment, and 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 that 
that connects over to um, uh, a self-efficacy uh, issue that is researched and, and, and across the world. I mean, we need moments where we're successful. And it doesn't have to even be in the, the normal uh, uh, ways. But if you find success in some area, uh, then, then that's going to boost that, that inner peace uh, that that has confidence in in oneself, and 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 all of this, all of this, all of this isolation, all of the worry, all of the anxiety. Uh, you know, we're not protecting our kids from those feelings. They're having them, uh, even in the safest home, even in the best home, even in the uh, the most pure environment. Uh, we still know what's going on, uh, and kids still know what's going on. Um, so I personally feel like, you know, based on the data of, uh, of especially uh, 60 years old and under without pre-existing conditions, uh, a school needs to happen to get some of that out of the way and to get kids back in front of their uh, peers and to get kids back engaged into the things that they love. I mean, my oldest, you know, we talked earlier as a, as a bandy, he's the drum major for the University of Cincinnati's band. I mean, he breathes band. He sleeps band. He tastes band. I mean, you know, he, he he's eaten up with it. Sure. And, and, and although he has a, a great, you know, academic um, uh, situation, uh, you know, he still... Like anxious, is there going to be bands? Um, and 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 for me, uh, to you know, to d diminish that worth uh, is really diminishing the whole piece of a kid's you know uh, uh, development, or in in our, in our terms, livelihood. And, and, you know, because our jobs kind of, if we're in love with our job and it's our financial uh, um, uh, lifeline, you know, uh, to dismiss that, you know, would be a who would dismiss you know your your livelihood. But to some of those kids, it's it's very akin to that uh, that situation of having a job that you're passionate about and, and keeps you afloat financially. So you know, I, I guess I don't. I have a hard time understanding how people dismiss. Well, we just need to cut everything off and keep them safe. Uh, that that's a hard one for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I struggle with it. Uh, I'm curious, how prepared were you in March? Obviously. You're, you're at least to start off with, and hopefully not for too terribly long, but at least for a little while this year, you're going to have to have virtual slash online learning as a, as a component of mm -hmm. your of your education. Mm -hmm. How prepared mm -hmm. were you in March when that came down, and, and how much more prepared are you today to, to make that as effective as you can yeah. as compared to then? Well, I mean, luckily, I mean, you know, I go back to when I was in Appalachia, oh, I would have probably just thrown my hands up. I mean, we literally had, uh, I have a friend who is a superintendent there. He was literally uh, putting uh, homework and, and, and support uh, documents on a bus and delivering them across, uh, you know, the mountains. Uh, you know, so we, we weren't there. Uh, but uh, but we 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 did have the ability to move into that capacity much easier because we were a system. I mean, we're we're uh, a college preparatory environment. I mean, you know, uh, ninety ninety three to ninety four percent of our kids go to a four year university upon graduation. I mean, so uh, that that that's a, not a typical right. uh, a setting. You know, it's just not. 
Um, but we, we were one-to-one all the way down to third grade. Uh, we've since gone one-to-one uh, kindergarten through uh, 12th grade. Uh, we also uh, were so close on uh, Internet uh, connectivity that, you know, we purchased hotspots for any kid that didn't have Internet. So we were able to basically go, you know, uh, to, to uh, on a virtual setting much easier than 99% of the school systems across the United States, uh, even in urban areas. Uh, so that made it easier. What, what we weren't ready for uh, is our teachers weren't ready to instruct on a virtual platform. Uh, you know, <laughs> unless you've taught a college course uh, and and done it, uh, you know, from a asynchronous standpoint, you know, you you've never our teachers really had never taught in that capacity. So that was the shift: the planning and the delivery of content through a virtual platform. I know you don't want to do it this way. You're going to have to for a little while, at least. Are you kind of? Are, are some of those teachers a little better prepared to do it more adequately? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to answer the second part of no, your question. Okay. Yeah, we started. We started pushing teachers to plan uh, again. Chess, right? Three moves ahead. And walking out was easy. The first day walking back in is going to be anxious and and fearful, uh, and filled with fear, and 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 also now politicized. So the moment that it started leaning to politics, even having a push uh, or involvement, I really started pushing our teachers and our admin to really start trying to plan. Our curriculum director really starting to plan on how do we do a flipped classroom? You know, if we can get in part of the time. How do we do, uh, how do we plan, how do we instruct, you know, where kids are doing and, and, and preparing uh, for, you know, uh, three um, uh, either face-to-face or, or, or virtual days. So we've been, we've been working on that, since, you know, for, for uh, a long time, uh, and, and I feel really good about it as long as we can have some face-to-face time. You know, uh, even even a day, a week, uh, that if we can have kids face-to-face, I feel good about our ability to instruct and move kids forward. If we have to go back to 100%, and that's why we have that level three, uh, I don't know, on our plan, but, uh, you know, we have, we have a, a traditional five-day, 100% of the kids. We have a hybrid A-B with, uh, you know, 50% of the kids. Then we have a, high, a restricted hybrid A-B-C days. Um, you know that that only have about thirty percent of our students coming in at any given time um, on a day. And, you know we did that as just a safety net before full. You know in, in, in you know virtual. Uh, I think as long as we can hold on to level three, I think we can do a great job moving kids forward. Uh, a virtual for an entire year. Um, I worry about what we will miss. I worry about what impact that's going to have um, long term, uh, and I, I worry about uh, kids being able to maintain that level of engagement uh, with no, uh, with not even one single day they can look forward to coming in and making sure they're caught up. Um, you know, make sure they're on track. Make sure that they they have the ability to ask questions face to face with a teacher. You know, to think kids can sit in isolation uh, and 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 not have fear of academic fear, academic worry come. Yep. 
uh, for our kids is is just not realistic. Yeah, and it's it's a, again, and I'm I'm gonna move to something else. Here's a stat for you in the state of Mississippi: forty two percent, forty two percent, Mike, forty two percent of households with school age kids don't have internet access. Yeah, forty two percent. It's not. It's, mm-hmm. It makes it not possible. It makes it not possible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that's that's not to expect a kid like that to go find a hot spot outside of a grocery store or something. That's, I know, right? Yeah, just crazy. Right. So I'm curious. I mean, uh, true story. Had a kid in uh, uh, and, and a neighboring system uh, lost their AP credit uh, because they were at McDonald's and and right before they were getting ready, uh, you know, just a few minutes before the test was up, uh, something happened to their connection. Um, you know, because they were a guest on the hotspot, something happened to their connection, and they didn't get to hit submit. Now, oh, brutal. You know, you take a kid that's already in a, a poor system that has the motivation uh, and and the discipline to take their AP test at McDonald's uh, and and a connection problem. Uh, and I hope they got to retake it. I hope they got. I, I, I don't know how the story ends. I'll find out when we get back with all the superintendents. But uh, that's not right. That's not right. That's uh, not fair. That's not right. That's not healthy. Uh, that that's going to build you know some uh, some frustration with that kid. And 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 it should. Sure, puts a put a lump in my throat hearing it. Mm, brutal. Yeah, my, Brutal. 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 Um, so I, I, I suspect I know the answer to this, that it's above you. It's at the state level. It's at the, the governor level, whatever. How do, you, how do you go about this fall in the event that you get to a place where you feel like, hey, we either need to move up to the traditional method of five days or, hey, this isn't working. We got problems. We got we to gotta scale it back. Is that your call yeah. or is that a call that gets made above you? How does that work? Both, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I have gotten called to the principal's office a few times this summer over the course of, uh, you know, uh, everybody uh, laughs. At, you know, I, I do put opinions out on social media. Sometimes it conflict with uh, our State Department of Education, and sometimes it conflict with, uh, you know, our governor. Um, uh, it's not personal. I, I, I really think Governor Bashir is, is a nice guy. Um, I, I uh, but I, I have wound up in the, you know, we call it the principal's office just because it's cool. <laughs> I get calls from certain people, and I won't mention any names, you know, and it usually starts with Mike. You know, come on, man, help us out. Um, uh, you know, but I, 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 I do uh, I, I do respect, you know, their positions. However, I still have to advocate for my kids. Uh, you know, the governor uh, can, um, you know, whether or not we want to talk about, you know, whether that could be challenged in court. I mean, uh, the, the governor ha- did call, uh, strongly recommend that schools close on March the 13th in the spring. Uh, he did strongly recommend we held to a start date of August the 12th. Uh, up until uh, last week, uh, when when you know uh, pressure came to you know delay that start, uh, you know by a little bit. Um, so uh, our uh, our governor has um, re- made those recommendations, even though technically most of those occur at a local level. Um, within our level systems, and so anyway, you learn a lot, right, about public health. The Department of Public Health. The Federal Department of Public Health 
have an amazing amount of power. They can lock you in your uh, house and, and, and contain you uh, if, it's, if it impacts public health or you refuse to do something. Uh, so it's interesting how much power they have. You know, however, on this current situation, it's very interesting. The CDC has not recommended for, uh, even before, I know some people, you know, I had one person reply to me on Twitter, I was like, well, CDC sold out to, you know, to the president. Well, CDC was recommending kids come back to school. Uh, uh, they said it was more problematic for kids not to come back than to come back before this was even politicized any. Uh, so uh, public health hasn't. The uh, Association of American uh, Pediatrics hasn't. And I tell my admin crew all the time, if you see one recommendation that it's better for kids not to come back to school from any accredited agency, send it to me immediately because it's going to change my message. Uh, as of today, I haven't gotten one of those. I mean, uh, we, we can't find any accredited agency that says it's better for kids in the current setting with the current data to not be in school. So if the Department of Public Health, if, if your local health department, and, and if the federal uh, Department of Public Health have not recommended that, school, that, that schools close, uh, then we don't understand uh, at the local level how we can't offer a face-to-face -face option. You know, public health is the entity that's supposed to keep us safe and supposed to give us health recommendations, uh, and, and, and they haven't done that. And, and, and I think, I personally, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't sit in their meetings. Uh, but personally, I think uh, uh, they don't want to set a precedent of closing schools uh, when the, rate, uh, the mortality rate uh, of, of this virus, 60 and under, uh, could actually be lower uh, than some of the other things that we deal with on a regular basis. Uh, uh, in in a in a in an average school year, you go through a flu season every year where you're, you're sometimes having to shut schools down because there's so many kids that are out, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So you know, and 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 your your school, I, I would I would guess that uh, over your child's history, you've got a whooping cough uh, letter uh, from you know your school. You've got a a flu letter, you know, uh, from your school. You may even have received a hepatitis letter from your school. Uh, you know, uh, hepatitis, flu, uh, whooping cough are, are not uncommon. Last in, in year, a, in a, yeah, not to interrupt you, last year when my daughter was a freshman at the University of Arkansas, we got a mumps letter because they had a, they had, mm -hmm. a, they had mm -hmm. a kind of a mumps break. An outbreak of the mumps. Yeah, in Fayetteville, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know, uh, uh, tuberculosis uh, it can it can hop up somewhere. Uh, we've we've got that pretty much under control, but not everywhere. So uh, again, I, I, I think that you know, from my opinion and from my reading and from my analysis, uh, which is only one person and really means nothing except for this institution, um, we're we're in a situation where <clears throat> for certain age groups. Uh, this is not as severe uh, as other things that we deal with on a on a, a you know a yearly basis. So I I I, I don't think any agency wants to set a precedent uh, on on some of those aspects of being the one to call school off. Uh, you know I mean will we also have weathermen chime in uh, and tell us when you know uh, up here and the north when to call school off for snow I mean is there a rate is there an average uh, you know and, and, and no I mean that's a local decision 
So, uh, you know, I, I just think we have to be careful. I think we have to be really careful when we're analyzing things as a parent, an educator, uh, a, a politician, or, or you know, even, uh, you know, in my position, that we not let the emotion of a press conference um, take us away from uh, what we might deal with on a yearly basis. The following question is not particularly fair, but I'm just curious to get your opinion. Obviously, th- th- we're in an election cycle, and, and the election will, will come and, and go, and it, it will be determined, and, and that will that will end one way or the other. Do you get a sense that maybe some of this will, will dissipate a little bit politically mm-hmm. when there is no yeah, presidential election? Yeah, that is, election? man. That was not a softball right there. I mean, you're going straight for the juggler. Um, I, I, but uh, honestly, I, I think that it will change. Now, let me let me uh, preface that with saying I do not think the the virus is a hoax. I do no. not think that. Uh, I mean, there is a significant situation out there in the U.S. and on the world stage. Sure, absolutely. However, however, the election has already started to weigh into putting one side in one category on reentry and another side on another category for reentry and we come back to uh, uh what unfortunately right now from a, a social studies teacher's mindset uh is 40% are going to agree with one person 40% of the people are going to agree with the other person and now we're fighting over 11% to sway 11% one way uh or the other and 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 that is the area that you know education shouldn't be in. Uh, you know we're a foundation of a community, and we're the foundation. Uh, public education is the foundation of a local community and the foundation of a democracy. Uh, we should not be in, uh, put into a spot to where forty uh, percent of the people agree or disagree with any educational topic. It should be managed by outside agencies that are not impacted by a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah, I agree completely. I'm I'm just I'm hopeful that when that election comes and goes, regardless of its outcome, that that element of this will disappear because it will no longer be uh, looming and that maybe people calm down a little and, and, and start to make a, l- yeah. a little more rational decisions. I, I wasn't trying to put you in a hot spot. I just was kind of curious. I'm just joking. Oh, yeah. I was just joking. Yeah. Oh, I know, yeah. You know, uh, so uh, all, all throughout my career, the CDC has been the guy, the, the, the goalpost, right? They're, they're, the, they're, the, they're the agency that we've always depended on to tell us when to pull something, right? If we go to the grocery store, we depend on, we depend on an agency to make sure that if anything's happened in production, that they immediately pull all that product. Right, right. When, spin- right. when, when you know, those agencies, was dangerous. Yeah, spinach was dangerous. Yeah. And they're like, get it off the right. shelves. Right, right. Those agencies have always protected us, and it hasn't mattered whether a Republican or a Democrat is running those agencies. They've always acted uh, from a bipartisan, non-political position, just like mine, right? Just like mine. I'm supposed to be non, I'm supposed to be purple. I'm, I'm not red. I'm not blue. Right. Uh, I'm a mixture of the two, um, and because we depend on certain uh, agencies and certain people to make judgments that are not part of either platform, 
So that's what I think will change after the election. I hope we go back to those agencies making decisions and recommendations for us that are based on fact and are based on uh, uh, data and are based on um, you know science. And, and, and then we can take those and we can run with them locally based on what we're seeing at the local level. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's my hope. You're going to wake up in the morning. Last thing, you're going to wake up in the morning. It's going to be August. It's going to be the calendar turns, and I think the imminence of, hey, we're this is all about to get going is going to hit you even more than it already has, and talking to you, it very clearly has hit you pretty, pretty soundly. Uh, as August gets going and you get closer to having your teachers in the building and then ultimately the students in the building, do you think for you personally there's going to be uh, – the anxiety gets ramped up about what could go wrong, or do you think you're going to find yourself getting more and yeah. more excited about, hey, this is, we're going to finally be doing what you we're know, supposed to do? You know, there's not a day that I, let, you know, I go to bed and I'll, I'll, I'll publicly admit that I, I've never had trouble sleeping in my entire life, but there have been moments throughout this process that I've, I've really struggled with sleep. Uh, there's not a night that I lay down in bed that I don't worry about my staff. There's not a night that I lay down in my bed that I don't worry about our parents and their financial uh, situation and their needs. There's not a moment that I don't lay down and I think about kids uh, and, and, and what they need. And, 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 you know, really for me, it's the first time in my career. I mean, you know, we, we have four stakeholders in the state of Kentucky. We have the Kentucky Department of Education and Politics. We have our local community and, and students we have employer needs and we have employee needs. Uh, those are the four real stakeholder groups uh, in, 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 in our area. And, and, and typically they all have the same focus, better school, better outcome, uh, 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 you know, for kids. But this, this time we're in a situation where all four stakeholders have different goals and different needs and different um, uh, opinions. And, man, that has really put me in a position that when I lay down in bed, uh, I, I, I'm constantly making a decision or a recommendation that that puts at least two of those stakeholders against the decision. So not only do I worry about that, but then I worry about you know I worry about some of our teachers that are at risk and you know and how do I protect them? How do I get back into school and and get kids back, but also protect them? Uh, and make sure that they have an avenue to stay employed. Uh, and then how do I have a conversation with an, uh, an older teacher, an older custodian an, uh, uh, that has some health issues about, you know, uh, uh, is it my job uh, to have a, a conversation with them about, you know, a, a, a recommendation for retirement? Is, is that my job? Uh, is that, you know, they're an adult, they're a professional, uh, but, you know, I, I, I have had conversations just around, hey, listen, I care about you. I just want to talk about this. Not as superintendent, just as Mike, uh, just as Mike. Um, uh, and, and, and that's the only way I know to get through this is to take some of my title, to take some of my armor off and, and just sit and talk to people um, on all four of those, in all four of those categories. And then do our best, do our best, do our absolute best, not, not average, not average. I mean, we're dealing with people's most valued asset in their entire life. So average doesn't cut it. But to do our best to, to maintain a level of safety um, uh, and a level of trust 
for uh, for those stakeholders upon return. And then, uh, you know, just to be honest, uh, I pray uh, that you haven't uh, messed up uh, or that a major problem doesn't hit you. And, and, and outside of that, I have no other uh, options. Well, hey, I really appreciate the time so much. You gave me uh, well over an hour here on a Friday morning, and and I'm really appreciative. I really enjoyed it. I, uh, your your kids are lucky. Yeah. Your kids are lucky to have you. The school system's lucky to have you. And uh, I'll be. I'm cheering for a whole bunch of teams and and uh, kids this this fall because it's a weird year. But I'll add the, uh, yeah. the Beachwood Tigers to my list. I hope you guys do well. So tell me your kid. Uh, what what uh, I know you're right there. Um, and, and uh, you know, with Ole Miss, but uh, what system did your kids go through? So they're in the Oxford School District. I've got uh, – Okay. So we, All right, we right moved, there in Oxford. Yeah, we moved here in, in 2008. So my oldest started in the Oxford School District as a second grader, and then uh, uh-huh. Caroline, my middle school, started in kindergarten, and, of course, our youngest has been in it the whole time as well. So it's a great school system, and, and they – They've battled, you know, obviously, the same decisions and, and all of the inputs that, that you've had as well. And, and their, plan, their plan as of this moment is they've offered two choices. You, have, you can either go all virtual or you can mm-hmm. go five days a week physical. And I think it's they, – they haven't – I think just to kind of protect people's anonymity, they haven't exactly told us what the split was. But I, I think it's fairly close to 50-50. Right, 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 right. Well, listen, good luck. I will follow the Oxford uh, School District uh, as well so I can keep up with it. Uh, it was great talking to you. Actually, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's good for me to process it all uh, verbally and, and uh, talk to someone about it. Uh, you know, they, these are not conversations in this length and this depth that, that you know, we're, we're really, uh, you know, have on a regular basis. So thanks for the call. Really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, uh, to all my colleagues out there uh, who may be listening or parents, um, you know, there, there, uh, there, there, is no, uh, there is no perfect answer. There's no perfect roadmap. Um, so uh, I, I hope everybody has the ability to get their kids back in some capacity. Uh, and, uh, you know, good luck to everybody. And, and listen, I really appreciate it. Uh, have a wonderful day. Same to you, Mike. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. That's, uh, that's Mike Tracy. That does it for this edition of the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. We'll be back next week. As you know, football is back, at least uh, on the planning stages. The high school season still a little ways away, but the college camps, I think, will begin uh, late next week. So hopefully we'll be able to start actually talking some football. People joke around all the time about depth charts and such. I think we might actually have a depth chart at some point in the next few weeks to at least look at and play with and that kind of thing. Uh, basketball practice going on. The NBA has resumed. The NHL has resumed. MLS is still going. Major League Baseball continues to have COVID-related issues, but they seem to be trying to press on. Uh, during the taping of this interview, I saw that two St. Louis Cardinal players have tested positive, so the Cardinals game against Milwaukee tonight has been postponed. They're hoping to play a doubleheader Cardinals and Brewers tomorrow in a normal pre-COVID world. I would take pleasure in the Cardinals having issues. I take no pleasure in it now. I really want baseball to happen, to continue. So um, anyway, a lot to get to as we uh, get hopefully to the other, start getting to the other side of what has been the longest four or five month summer in, uh, in my memory. So 
Until next time, take care. Again, thanks to uh, Dr. Mike Tracy for all of his time. Hope you all enjoyed that. And um, I thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.